0: All right. I think I'm unmuted. Is that right? You're good to go. Thank you. Okay. We're in the book of Jonah and we've looked at, in previous um, meetings, we've looked at uh, Jonah 1, 2, and 3. So we're going to look at Jonah 4 this evening. And um, I'm going to just read through Jonah chapter 4. But it it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. I guess I should back up and read the last verse of chapter 3. God saw the, their works and that they turned from the evil way, that is, the people of Nineveh. They, they And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this displeased Jonah exceedingly, And he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, "Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are gracious, merciful God, slow to anger and abundant loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me for it's better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made for himself a shelter and sat down under it in the shade and uh, till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head and deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as the morning dawned, the next day, God prepared a worm and it damaged the plant so that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then again, he wished uh, death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up at night and uh, in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock? Well, following the citywide revival of chapter 3, the prophet had preached and the people repented and God relented, then you would think that there would be, you would sort of expect some rejoicing on the part of the prophet. Uh, Jonah's preaching was a huge success, a mass revival on a scale that is nothing short of miraculous, but what pleased God angered Jonah. And uh, God's merciful response to Nineveh's repentance was exceedingly displeasing to the prophet, and uh, he thought it, it was not right. Uh, I, I've read in a couple of sources that literally it means that he considered it a uh, a great evil that God would do that that the enemy should be spared. That is. Uh, proclamation of uh, destruction of the city would not be fulfilled. Uh, Jonah expected destruction of the enemy, not their salvation. The, Assy- the Assyrians were an aggressive, ruthless, cruel bunch of people and to spare them just seemed totally wrong to the prophet. It's interesting uh, that one commentator mentioned that, it appears here that Jonah had so little reference, reverence for God and so little concern for the people and just was concerned for himself. Well, Jonah complained in prayer, uh, as we've read. Uh, it's sort of like saying to God, I told you so. I knew this would happen. And uh, isn't this what I said? Uh, and he making excuses for himself. This is the reason why I fled to Tarsus. I knew that you were going to do this. And it seems that the prophet knew about the Lord. He knew what to expect from the Lord. And yet uh, he didn't understand when it took place. And he certainly didn't have a heart for the things of the Lord. Well, the, the prophet himself had experienced God's grace and mercy in his own life uh he was a rebellious prophet he fled the other way but the lord went after him preserved him brought him brought him to the point where he could uh do what the lord would had asked him to do and that was to preach to the people of Nineveh and um and so there he was but uh you know Jonah could quote scripture it, it seems here in a number of places Uh, that Jonah was, uh, knew scriptures well, and he knew God's character. He particularly mentioned that God was slow to anger. But yet here, um, the prophet indulged in justification of his own anger when he was saying God was slow to anger. So uh, he... Jonah the prophet had received the Lord's compassion in his own life, but he did not want the Ninevites to benefit from it. Uh, All he could see was that uh, an enemy that did not deserve kindness. And so we see that Jonah questioned God's wisdom, not only his compassion, but his wisdom in doing that and he resisted God's will. And what an absurd complaint, really, that he would complain to God to contend uh, uh, with God because God was good and merciful. Um, He had been the recipient of it himself to complain about the success of his ministry and blame God for being compassionate, uh, for his loving kindness. Uh, It's... Uh, it's just really absurd what the prophet was doing. And then then he tops it all off by asking for death. um, He says, it's better for me to die than to live. They said this in uh, verse three and then repeated it again in verse eight. He had a death wish. Now, um, prophets with death wishes was not a new thing uh, in Israel, in fact, Moses and Elijah had both expressed similar wishes, but when they did it, they were facing failure in God's service—not uh, so much personal failure, but uh, tremendous opposition um, in their work, and uh, and they could and all they could see was failure. But Jonah here was experiencing great success. <laughs> Uh, but it didn't please him personally um, because of his uh, own preferences and prejudice against the Assyrians. The Lord asks Jonah a question. You know, the Lord doesn't ask questions because he needs information, but he asks questions of us uh, that are thought questions to make us, to stimulate our thinking. And uh, so the question is asked, Um, is your anger correct, Jonah? Is it righteous anger? Uh, It's really a gentle question from a gracious God to a foolish man trying to correct Jonah's attitudes and values. A man who was angry at the mercy of God toward repentant sinners. Apparently, Jonah did not answer God's question. We, at least in the text, it doesn't say so. And in fact, it just goes on to the next point that Jonah left the city and went out to uh, to sit and watch what would happen to the city and uh, sit and pout, actually. But uh, he may have wanted it to be a safe distance away from the city when it was destroyed. I don't know. Maybe he was still hoping for destruction of Nineveh. Uh, You wonder at this point if the 40 days had just expired, if uh, they were about to expire when he left the city, if he was trying to get out of the city before it was destroyed. But um, he just uh, went to a place where he could see the city and Jonah needed to learn an important lesson and the Lord used a plant, a worm and a hot wind to illustrate uh, the lesson to it. And here the sovereign God prepared in uh, he prepared it says the plant, he prepared the worm, he prepared the vehement east wind. It's, it's, it's here an indication of the sovereignty of God that he would appoint those things. By the way, also God prepared the great fish which had swallowed Jonah uh, in chapter one. And so uh, at the end of chapter one, so the Lord in his sovereign um, work was doing these things and it was of the Lord that he would do it. And and actually miraculous as well that a plant would grow so quickly and uh, then be attacked by a worm and wither so quickly. Um, but uh, the action happened quickly, but Jonah was a slow learner. And uh, Jonah thought that he knew better than God. And again, he wished for death. Um, I read somewhere uh, that foolish men will always find something to complain about or uh, or argue about, I suppose. But uh, here God asks another question, uh, almost the same question that he had asked in verse four, to get Jonah to repent of his anger. And uh, Jonah argued with the Lord and uh basically saying, yes, I am right to be angry. Uh, here is a man who um, is being rebuked by the Lord for his anger, and yet he defended himself and said he was, uh, had a right to be angry, angry even to death. And uh, so we see a self-right, self-centered, rebellious Jonah angry even unto death. now contrast that with our Savior who was humble and obedient even unto death. this um, this prophet had had really gotten, had really gone astray, and it's a, it's a wonder what a God we have that He would go after a man like that, a prophet like that, a servant who was just um, consistently rebelling and resisting what the Lord wanted him to do. And uh, when he when he did something, it was done reluctantly, and. Um, But the Lord continued to be gentle with him, to work with him, to preserve him, and to give him great success even in his ministry. Well, finally, in the last couple of verses here, God points out to Jonah his fault. And uh, the prophet lacked concern for the physical and spiritual welfare of the people of Nineveh. And in contrast, he was selfishly concerned for his own personal comfort. He was concerned about this plant that was giving him shade. It says that Jonah pitied a plant that came up overnight, received no care from Jonah and uh, disappeared then quickly. And uh, God had brought that uh, about and had made that happen so that he would get Jonah's attention. He got Jonah's attention, but it only made Jonah mad. But uh, God pointed out that Jonah could pity a plant, but God pitied the people of Nineveh. There were a lot of people in Nineveh. It was a great city. Here we're told that there were... um, 120,000 that didn't know the right hand from their left. Those are probably children uh, who didn't know, if they didn't know the right hand from their left, they probably didn't know right from wrong. Um, and uh, these are eternal beings of infinitely more value than a plant. And yet the prophet was concerned about a plant and was angry that God wasn't destroying all of these people. Um, Should children be destroyed? God was saying to him, hey, look, should all these people to be destroyed, these people who have repented, you have more concern for a plant than you do for people. Well, you know, that's um, a problem. Of course, that's so true in in uh, our society today, in our world today, people's priorities toward um, plants, uh, toward animals, uh, their concern far exceeds their concern for people. They will murder 600,000 to a million unborn children a year in our country and yet they're concerned to save the seals, or in California, turn off the water to the farms so that they can save some sardines or something like sardines. Um, wrong priorities. Um, we have, man has dominion over uh, animals, and we need to act responsibly, but we need to remember who is most important. Well, Jonah must've learned from the experiences that he had because he wrote this book, um, the book of Jonah. I'm assuming he wrote it. And uh, the book of Jonah is included in the scriptures so that we might learn the same lessons that he learned. Um, Lessons about the heart of God, God's compassion for the lost, his love for the world for Gentiles as well as Jews. That was the uh, point at then, but I suppose now it's uh, for the heathen as uh, as well as uh, those of us who know that we belong to the Lord. God, uh, God is a God of grace and mercy and his grace and mercy have no boundaries. He's the Lord over all and rich in mercy for all who call upon his name? Well, God also it also points out in this uh, in this letter that God disciplines his children. Jonah was one of his one of his own, and uh, God will go to great lengths and sometimes use severe means to correct us, uh, but his goal is to mature us and to conform us to his Son. And we can see throughout the letter, the uh, book here of Jonah, that God would, kept pursuing the prophet and uh, trying to put him back on the right path. Our hearts are contrasted with the heart of God when we, when we see here that we, as well as Jonah, are prone, prone to selfishness. we angry when God blesses others, especially our enemies. We appreciate God's word until we have to obey it. And then we rebel when uh, obedience looks difficult or is displeasing to us. Um, Those are some of the lessons that I saw in here, as well as the perils. that the prophet had in his in his personal prejudice um, prejudice against anybody that wasn't of his own of his own people, and lastly, we know that there in this book there there is the sign of Jonah, which is the three days in the belly of the fish, which uh, are a sign of the uh, time that Christ was in um, in the tomb for three days and then resurrected and um there are other contrasts or other there are contrasts here between Jonah and Jesus I just want to point out one to you as we conclude that Jonah was sent to his enemies and he responded with rebellion with reluctance with resistance, dragging his feet the whole way. Jesus was sent to his enemies, to a world that were enemies to him. And he responded with humility, with obedience, and with self, self-sacrifice. How, how do you think we should respond when the Lord? Uh, wants us to do something that looks a little bit difficult or uh, out of our comfort zone. Well, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the book of Jonah. We thank you for this chapter, and thank you for the lessons that Jonah has learned through this book, and pray that we, too, would learn those lessons and learn them well that we would be ready and uh, eager to do your will, to be obedient to you. And we pray that we would have your heart, uh, your heart toward other people, people that we may not like, people that rub us the wrong way, people that are just not like us we pray that you would teach us to have the kind of love that you have for the world and uh, reaching out, drawing them to yourself. Pray that you'd give us uh, hearts that would be ready to be involved in the ministry of reconciliation that you have called us to, to be um, pleading with the world, to be reconciled to God. Thank you for this book again, and thank you for our time in it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.